Daily Drive is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retail anywhere. I'm Jamie Butters, Chief Content Officer at Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, June 29th, 2021. Honda was the first brand to bring a hybrid to market in the U.S. and has been a steadfast advocate for the potential of hydrogen fuel cells to power vehicles. But now, the world's largest manufacturer of internal combustion-powered products is all in on battery electric power, not only for its cars and light trucks, but also for motorcycles, ATVs, and lawnmowers. CEO Toshihiro Mibe has set Honda on a path to an emission-free future by 2040, and the company's next chapter starts with a prologue. That's the name of the 2024 model year electric crossover that General Motors will manufacture for Honda on its Ultium battery platform, the same one underpinning the GMC Hummer pickup and Cadillac Lyric crossover. Dave Gardner leads sales and marketing for American Honda, a position he took on at the start of the pandemic after a long career at Honda of Canada, where he had been CEO since 2017. While Honda engineers are hard at work testing solid-state batteries and developing a new electric vehicle architecture, he is working with dealers to help consumers on their journey toward a more carbon-neutral future, first getting them into hybrids and ultimately into battery-powered cars. He doesn't have all the answers yet, but he shares what he's thinking in this episode of Daily Drive. We reached Dave Gardner at his office in Torrance, California. Well, hello, Dave Gardner. Welcome to Daily Drive. Amy, uh, nice to uh, chat with you. My pleasure to be here. Wonderful. Well, you had some big news this week. You announced that the first battery electric vehicle produced under a joint venture with General Motors will be called the Prologue. Uh, what's the significance of that name? And, and in a bigger sense, this venture with General Motors? Well, let's uh, let's start with the, the name uh... Jamie, our, our, our viewpoint is that it, it signals the start of, of a change, the start of a transition for Honda. Um, we like to say that, that if you look at us today, we're the world's largest manufacturer of internal combustion engines. And we're, you know, we're pivoting. We're, we're, we're shifting to, to an electrified future. Our new global CEO, Mr. Mibe, I think it was April the 23rd, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, held his first press conference since he, uh, he took over and basically outlined uh, a very clear direction for us in terms of two key components. One was to have what we're calling a, a zero a carbon footprint on the earth, uh, whether that's in the using recycled materials, whether it's using clean energy or whether it's zero emissions from our automotive fleet. And uh, he set a very aggressive timeline for us to get there uh, here in North America by 2040 to be selling 100% uh, zero emission vehicles. So uh, the prologue signifies the first step in that uh, journey that we're embarking on. And uh, I think that uh, it's it's kind of, he's drawn a line in the sand for us and we're all getting, uh, getting uh, excited and motivated and now moving our, our energy, shifting our energies towards, uh, towards uh, what's going to be an exciting future for us. Yeah. So you're working with GM 
on on the prologue and then an Acura crossover. Uh, but after that, uh, it sounds like you're, uh, Mr. Mive said, right, you'll have a, your own EV architecture, or maybe that's what you said. <laughs> uh, Honda has said, right, you'll uh, work on your own EV architecture. How does that fit into the 2040 strategy? Is that the platform that gets Honda to 2040, or maybe it's the generation before that solution set for 2040? Uh, listen, Jamie, I think that uh, Mibe San said it, and, and I'll reiterate it here. I, I don't think we want to give anybody the impression we've got every step of this mapped out. Uh, so there's going to be uh, uh, things come in play as we move forward. But if, if we sort of move, let's move through the logic of what we're trying to do. Um, you know, first of all, as we sit here in 2021, uh, right now, about 93% of our sales here in the United States are our gasoline engine. We're at about 7% hybrids. Uh, step one for us is to increase that hybrid uh, penetration. We have, uh, as all OEMs, we have some very aggressive GHG reduction targets that we must achieve uh, in the coming years. And, uh, you know, hybrid, the use of hybrid technology is going to help us uh, achieve those targets. We also believe that that there's kind of a, I'm going to say a linear progression. I don't know if that's the right language, but let me use it. That, you know, a consumer would move from a gasoline engine to a hybrid engine and then into a, a fully electrified vehicle. And so we're following that path as well. As things like infrastructure are ready, to, as things like uh, production capacities increase, as battery supplies increase over the coming decade. I, I, you know, I don't think we're going to go from, you know, zero to 60 overnight. And so we're taking kind of this step-by-step approach. And then of course, as you mentioned, the first, uh, the first product, the prologue, and then uh, roughly the same time, an Acura uh, version uh, of, of, of the product uh, are being jointly developed with General Motors. We, we have had a long history with General Motors and partnering on many different projects over the years. And, uh, you know, we just thought that this was the best approach, uh, co-developing uh, the Ultium the platform, uh, I think, from an investment perspective, is, is beneficial for both companies. And, um, and that's a good place for us to start. We're, we're, we're of course, actively involved in the development, uh, as, you, as you mentioned, but what we like to call the top hat, the, the exterior, the interior, we're going to make those uniquely Honda and, uh, and work on driving characteristics to make sure that we deliver a product that our, that our customers uh, have come to expect from us. Next stage after that, just, just uh, let me conclude, as Mibe San said, is the move to what we're calling e-architecture. And uh, e-architecture is a Honda-led uh, development at this point. I think we're not saying we'll do it exclusively. We'll not, we're not saying we'll do it in conjunction with, with the others. What we're saying is we will lead the, uh, the development of the e-architecture. And that's what will certainly take us at this point out to the end of this decade as we, as we move towards uh, our transition. Okay. So you mentioned the importance of, of hybrids as part of the evolution of the market, training the customer uh, toward an EV future. Is, do, you, do you count plug-in hybrids along with hybrids in that? Or 
do you really, does it seem like the pressure is building to just make the jump, maybe not today or tomorrow, but <laughs> within a few years to really make the jump all the way to battery electric and not, uh, not spend a long time in that uh, in that process through a, a vehicle that both plugs in and uh, burns some gas when it needs to. I think you've summarized it, uh, Jamie. Uh, uh, I, I won't try to paraphrase or rephrase. I think you, you've said it correctly. I think you're going to see the move from gasoline for us, speaking for us, to the traditional gasoline electric hybrid, and then into the uh, the uh, the battery uh, the battery EV certainly in the in in the short term. And listen, I don't want to discount uh, uh, for us uh, uh, hydrogen fuel cell. Uh, that's certainly a technology that Honda continues to uh, work on, invest in, and and develop. And while in the short term we're we're moving away from from passenger car applications. Uh, you know, when we talk about uh, 2040 zero emission, I think we're, we're talking about uh, both a full battery electric and and potentially uh, a hydrogen fuel cell uh, product in the mix at that time as well. Yeah, it's amazing technology. Uh, probably still still a big challenge to industrialize, but uh, but yeah, that I would expect, and uh, you know, glad to see companies like Honda still investing in that t- technology beyond. Uh, Beyond regular battery cars, it'd be uh, be very interesting how they interact in vehicles and just in powering, you know, buildings and homes. Yeah, that, Jamie, you you make a fabulous point. You know, uh, throughout throughout, you know, the the approach to this transition, which of course didn't just start, you know, today, and we're still very early on it, but that's. One of the approaches Honda's taken uh, is a portfolio approach to this. We've never, as you know, selected one technology and said we're going to put all our eggs in that basket. And we continue to take that that approach uh, with, with hydrogen. And, and, and one of the fascinating things about Honda as a global company is, of course, there are other parts of the world where electricity is not going to be the ultimate solution. Uh, parts of the world where where their electricity uh, uh, is generated by, you know, coal-powered plants, where the electrical infrastructure is not there to support. So we're, you know, we're working on other uh, on other uh, technologies for those parts of the world as well. And of course, uh, we don't just sell automobiles; we sell uh, motorcycle, two-wheel, four-wheel products. We sell power equipment, and you know, looking at mobile energy uh, options. I, I think it's quite a a great time to 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 be working at Honda because there's all kinds of different areas that we're exploring and and I don't think uh, I don't think anybody's quite quite figured out where it's going to end up but you know we'll just keep exploring and see where we end up. Yeah, so some of the explorations uh, I understand are around solid state batteries. Uh, do you have some do you have some pilots going on? How's how's the development coming on that? Because that seems like one of those breakthroughs that can affect not only the automotive business, but all those other pieces like the motorcycles and snowblowers and lawnmowers and things like that. Yeah. And listen, uh, don't uh, don't try to take me down a path, Jamie, of explaining to you what a solid state battery is, okay? Um, but there's no doubt that, that uh, it's a technology that Honda's uh, exploring. I think as a company, we believe that, that it has very strong potential for uh, 
you know, increase battery capacity and lowering the cost. As you know, that's one of the big hurdles right now from a manufacturing perspective, uh, from an OEM perspective, is, is, is the cost of the, of the current batteries. So, yes, we're looking at that. We've done a lot of research in that, and I think we're, we're starting to what I would call uh, test proof of concept and uh, look at our ability to produce them, look at our ability to produce them in, you know, in the sizes that would be required for automobiles. Um, and I don't think that, that you're going to see from us uh, in the short term, you know, you know, announcements or, or declarations that we're changing to that technology. But I think targeting by the end of this decade uh, is, I think, the time horizon uh, for, for this uh, solid state technology. Well, there's still obviously a lot of progress that needs to be made on the cost side uh, for making electric vehicles, you know, that we could, that could be priced and sold in the kinds of numbers that the industry is used to and that, you know, humans are used to, <laughs> used to having. So, uh, you know, solid state could be a really important step in that, especially yep. across the breadth of your business, right? Yep. No, we, we, we believe that. And again, it's, as I just said a moment ago, we talked about it's, uh, I, I don't think we're prepared to land on any one single solution at this point. We'll keep, you know, looking for uh, at a, any alternative that makes sense. We'll be back for more with Dave Gardner after this. As online experiences exploded this past year, it was clear dealers needed an approach that kept them in business for the long term. Chris Walsh, Casey Edwards, and Dave Bates, Top Reynolds executives, sat down to discuss today's digital retailing landscape. Here's an excerpt from that roundtable discussion. So what are dealers trying to do to get this fully online and online to in-store experience? I mean, that's a great question. And honestly, it's, a, it's kind of a hard one to answer because retailers are kind of defining and using digital retailing differently. You know, to some dealers, it's selling a car. To other, it's sales and F&I. And they, they tend to be approaching it in chunks versus, you know, kind of a holistic, holistic approach. And then you end up just focusing on one or two things when you need to focus on, you know, more of a big picture. Digital retailing is dealership operations, period. Reynolds' Retail Anywhere approach focuses on streamlining dealership operations and improving profitability. For more information about this big picture holistic approach, visit reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retail anywhere. So what do you hear from your dealers about this transition to an all EV future? Uh, you know, they tend to think in long term, 20 years down the road is, uh, is a long ways. But if you're a generational owner, uh, that's just around the corner. Uh, what, what kind of assurances are, are you offering them or are they asking for uh, about making sure they are going to have a profitable, uh, healthy business in the future as they've had you know, with Honda through the past? Well, I think uh, a couple of points on that, uh, Jamie. Again, it's it's uh, you know we're still very early in the process as we as we talk. The the, the prologue will uh, will launch in 2024. We're we're still a couple of years away from that uh, in, in terms of what we're doing. But we've been, I think, uh, uh, hopefully clear with our dealers that uh, that they're going to be a key uh, key part of, of of the future for us. Uh, uh, I think one of the strengths that we have as a brand is is uh, is our dealer network, uh, and and I, and I got to tell you, I've said it in other venues. I'll say it again: the 
the, the interaction, the collaboration, the working relationship that exists between the American Honda Associates and our, and our dealer network, I think has been one of the things that has allowed us to get through this last uh, 12 to 18 months in, in, in the good shape that we're in. And the dealers are going to be an integral integral part of what we do uh, we do going forward. But you know, I think there's way more questions than answers at, at this point. And uh, uh, we've got uh, a series of meetings with our advisory boards, and we, we're setting up uh, uh, national meetings uh, late this summer, uh, early fall, with both our Honda and Acura dealers to start talking about. And again, I, I don't think it's it's our intention. We'll provide be providing them with the every answer to every question. It's 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 more about identifying the issues that are going to be there going forward. But I think what's important to keep in mind, you know, when when you when you look at what's going to happen in the business, um, if we if we take a look at from now to to twenty thirty, even as even as the, the the penetration of battery electric vehicles increases, and for us going from you know zero to forty by the end of this decade is a huge jump. Mm-hmm. The units in operation, the the vehicles that are out in the network that people are driving, uh, gasoline powered vehicles will still comprise the vast majority of the units in operation. The vast majority of the active service customers that are coming to our dealers. Um, you made an interesting, uh, an interesting. You framed things quite interestingly in your question, and that is that we need to really be thinking about 15 or 20 years ago. We need to be thinking today, for example, about investments that people would be making in, in the dealership facilities and, and uh, that, that we're not overbuilding, that we're not, we're, not, we're not doing things based on the old way of looking at the business, but on the new way of, of, of looking at the business. So it's really, in my mind, uh, you know, we're framing it, having to frame it kind of from two perspectives. On the one hand, the internal combustion engine business, we can see the end. And so how do we manage from where we are today, where it's 100% of our business to 20 years from now, where it's where it's zero? And then the BEV side of the, it's almost like a startup, isn't it? We're at zero today, and it's going to be 100% of our business uh, during that uh that uh, same time frame. So how we navigate through that, what the right time is to make the transitions, not doing things in the short term that might might cause us not to be able to compete or, or, or provide our customers the service that they need now, while at the same time not putting ourselves in a, in a bad position as we move sort of into the 2030 to 2040 decade. So that, that's how we're trying to look at it, uh, that we're almost you know, as I said, managing a couple of different businesses uh, from this point forward. So in the shorter term, uh, I'm sure while you're having some interesting conversations about EVs and, and long-term investments, I'm sure you're having a lot of urgent questions around uh, the chip shortage <laughs> and production schedules. Uh, how are you working through that? Uh, are you making any changes to, you know, how you order or how you communicate with the factories? And what's your, you know, of course, June is wrapping up now. What's, you know, how do you see this playing out for the rest of the year? Are we going to be, are, are you and your dealers going to be looking at tight supplies through all of 2021? Well, I got to say, uh, uh, Jamie, I, 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 I don't like to acknowledge uh, how long I've been uh, in, in the business because then, you know, most people can do simple math and, and they go, man, that guy's old. 
But, uh, you know, I started in 1985 uh, working in the car. I don't think I've ever seen a situation like we're in now where the, the demand for, for products, uh, automo- automotive products, uh, doesn't matter what they are, and the constrained supply situation uh, is creating uh, outcomes that one would never have imagined. We are, uh, of course, there's a couple of business days left in the month of June. Uh, we expect to, to set a June record for, for vehicle sales in the Honda and Acura side of our business. May, of course, was the best auto sales in the history of, of American Honda. Uh, April was our best April. Um, so, you know, we, we've, we, we've got this run going on of our, of our sales results, while at the same time, uh, each month we're selling more product than we're wholesaling to the dealers. And so I think the, 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 the guys, our guys here in terms of communicating what, what we can build um, and quite frankly, honestly, we're struggling to tell dealers when it's going to arrive because from one week to the next, we're never sure. But I think uh, everybody's done a great job in our sales organization in terms of, of, of working with the not only the on ground, but the incoming supply and, and sort of keeping keeping things moving. Um, and, and I think, you know, as we look for the rest of the year, um, you know, given where the inventory levels are, we can't expect they're going to get rebuilt to the levels that they were. We're going to be managing in a, in a much tighter range, but I think we've, we're doing a much better job of, of, of operating the business that way. And, and, and I'm hopeful that there's going to be some, some longer term learnings for us, you know, when you can only build a certain finite number each month, you're, you're, you're looking at which product you should build. You're making decisions on which models, which trims um, we should prioritize. And, and, I think, and I think what we're all seeing here is that, that, that in some ways, uh, you know, building the products that, that we have some confidence are going to turn quicker. Uh, once they arrive at the dealership is, is proving to be a better business model than, than, you know, historically, you know, I like to say, we, we just build what we're going to build. We wholesale it to the dealers and then we throw incentives at it to try to, you know, push it out into the market. Uh, I think, you know, taking a little more, looking at it more from, from, you know, the business being a pull business where we're building what customers want and that's pulling it through the supply chain. Um, I think is I think we can see some benefits, and I'm hopeful that we'll we'll learn a little bit and not just you know revert back to the way we were uh, before this situation hit us. Well, we're we're running out of time, but I have to ask. I mean, Honda has always had such low incentives. I mean, you have not had to throw a lot of money at the market <laughs> historically. Does Honda and do other brands need to think about uh, raising prices, like on a national level, or do you just kind of keep? Do you just ride with the MSRPs where they are and invoices where they are and uh, trust the dealers to respond to the local conditions in a, in a responsible way? Uh, listen, I, I think uh, the one, there's, there, there's one true thing about our, our business, Jamie, and that is the customer will decide. <laughs> uh, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, I can have an opinion. Uh, anybody can have an opinion. But the customer is the one who will decide. And uh, we always have to keep that in mind. And, and, 
you know, you, you're a student of, of what's going on in the business, even the, in these low inventory situations. Uh, we're all out there scratching and clawing to try to get uh, more than our fair share of the business. And, uh, and I don't uh, see any let up in, in, uh, in what we're all doing. And that's as it should be. Um, and uh, we'll continue to, to fight and claw to, to try to get more than our fair share of, of the market. And, and uh, ultimately, the consumer and the market will dictate what, what, uh, you know, what needs to be done. And, and, and we try to follow that, uh, that approach. Okay. Well, Dave Gardner, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Jamie, thank you very much. Uh, uh, all the best. We'll look forward to chatting with you in the future. That's Daily Drive for Tuesday, June 29th. For the latest breaking news online, go to autonews.com. And for a complete library of more than 300 Daily Drive interviews, go to autonews.com slash daily drive.